Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 33. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepkin. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash higher balance. Designed by the Rebel Guru himself, Eric Pepin, Magnetic Pill was made to enhance results with all higher balance training. Accelerate sensory development, achieve deeper meditations, better overall focus, and so much more. Go to magneticpill.com forward slash rebel for $10 off every month or get a three-month supply with our buy two, get one free special. In this episode, we sit down to ask Eric about Handbook of the Navigator, version 2.0, Alpha and Omega, why you and the universe were meant to meet. What is the Navigator? What is behind this driving need to attain spiritual completion? If reality is a simulation, then where does God fit into it all? Handbook of the Navigator, version 2.0, answers the big questions. From the truth about reincarnation, to the missing links to spiritual awakening, the organic sixth sense, on to the origins of all existence. Explore a revolution in spiritual understanding. Enjoy! It's been 13 years since the release of the original Handbook of the Navigator, and just wondering how things changed or evolved since its original release to now. <laughs> Boy, that's that's like saying uh, how, how many years it's been? 13. Well, go back 13 years and compare it to the iPhone. Okay, 13 years, the iPhone, I think the iPhone maybe was just coming out. So we were still doing clamshell flip tops oh, yeah. and, you know, now escalate all of that up to where we are now. And I'd say it's, it's probably beyond that. You know, it's, it's really hard to really say that because you have to keep in mind that at that time, I still feel, and I still feel today that, that anybody who reads the handbook, of the navigator is still going to be blown away. Forget version two. It, it's that impactful. And this insightful and and it delivers a wow now there were so many things that that we were not ready to talk about or I wasn't ready to talk about because it wasn't that I wasn't ready I wanted to I did not feel that the people in general were really ready to to relate to what I have to say and that in itself was, was a big decision maker. Number two is you got to keep in mind is that what's in the handbook of the Navigate, Navigator, I had already created that content probably, shoot, probably almost a, a, another 15 years prior to that. So you go back 30 years. 
you know, there was already notes drafted and stuff like that already floating around, you know, that, that already was the, the essential content of that. So when we look at what is in the handbook of the navigator today, I mean, it's kind of like no, no bars, no hold barred. And in the sense that, you know, the, the big subject of today is really simulated reality. And I was already talking about simulated reality probably more than 30 years ago, long before it became a, a topic or a subject before the movie The Matrix came out, before any of this came out. And that's documented. That's out there. So, you know, to me, I have always known spiritually that when you have these really, you know, old stories of either Vedic monks or spiritualists, whatever, and deep meditation coming out and, you know, the proverbial statement is, is reality is but an illusion. That is the matrix. That is the simulated reality. That is the burning thing in every spiritual seeker where we know something's not right or something is off about the reality we exist in. And I, I wrote this when we launched Higher Balance over, you know, well over a decade ago, about obviously about 15 years now, whatever. And I, I at one point, somewhere in that history, I wrote this thing that said, you know, look, you, you more or less, you, you, you can't smell it, you can't see it, you can't hear it, you can't taste it, you can't touch it. None of the five senses can interpretate this nagging, gnawing sense in a white cell that says... There's something more here, and we're constantly trying to figure out what that is. We're, we know that there's this, this call from what, what I'll just call it what it is, God, the universe. We know this. We instinctively know this as, as well as we can use any five senses to define a chair or a book or a piece of music or anything, okay? The question is, is what are we sensing that knowledge with? It's not any of the five senses. It's combined a little bit with them to help search because that's what we know. It is the hidden sixth sense. It is the proverbial ESP, psychic phenomena. We'll call it whatever you want, but it's been, it's been really mucked up and ruined by new age teachings. And this is from people who really truly don't understand what it is. And they add colors and rainbows and crystals and all this other crap to it. And this is why people who read this stuff thinking maybe this is the answer fail or don't have the level of success that they thought they were going to have. You got to throw all of that shit that they've added to it and mucked it all up and colored it all up and made it all foo-foo and really get to the core of the true power, the true nature of it, the, the true thing. And it comes from the human brain, just like the other five senses do. If you can go there and redevelop it, they're profoundly powerful sensory. I mean, sight is powerful. Hearing is powerful. If you really think about it, it's only through the development of the sixth sense that you, you have that sensory developing that is able to transcend and move beyond the illusion of the reality we're in. It's through that development that bridges you and makes you understand intellectually how you approach God, how you answer God, how you work for God. How do you, how do you answer this, this call? How do you dial into to understanding something that you can't smell, taste, see, or hear with the five senses? Because the sixth sense was made to have that relationship. 
and we've been told our, our whole life spiritually, don't pursue, you know, psychic phenomena. Don't pursue spiritual stuff uh, psychically. Don't, you know. So, w- w- but yet every great mystic has shown that they utilize psychic ability or some kind of function of it. I mean, is this a, is this a contradiction on purpose? Is this a way to to limit people from awakening? Is this why? Is it is it simply a fear of understanding what it is? So we have to develop the sixth sense in order to interpretate the reality of what we truly exist in and move past the illusion. It is the sensory that is able to do that. In the handbook of the navigator, we talk about all this. We talk about what God is, what, how God came to be. You know, this whole idea that we, we're not able to really understand God is so beyond us. No, look, look, you don't have to fully understand something. You have to get a ballpark of understanding, and that's a huge start. And I, I believe in the handbook you're going to find that answer. And, and you, I think most people doubt that that's possible. And then when people actually read it, they come back to me and they go, you know, this totally flipped my world upside down, and it's amazing. I never really thought, yes, this makes perfect logic. What good is that spiritually? The, the good of that spiritually is, is you now have a level of liberation in your approach to understand what is beyond a simulated reality. What is beyond your human comprehension before you had access to that knowledge. Keep in mind that that. Everything you know, everything that you are, every piece of humor about what you think about, what makes you laugh, what makes you cry, what makes you happy, is slightly different than probably other people, maybe similar. But at the end of the day, everything you know, everything that that combines to become who you are is based on your knowledge and experiences in your life. And wherever you are in the world defines your personality in some part by what, what is in that world where you may not have access to other things. If you have access to beautiful music, you become enriched with a knowledge of this kind of music that exceeds probably other people and vice versa. It could be art, poetry, it could be music, it could be athletic, it could be anything. How did you become who you are? Everything that you are was acquired through the data collection of one of your five senses and you combine them all, that becomes a totality of a picture in your mind of who you are. If you see something that profoundly shocks you. You take it in from, from your sensory, your five senses. It's interpreted. It's internalized. But it could change your whole view of the world literally overnight. Everything that you are is from your five senses. So if you have a sixth sense and it's barely functioning, enough to tell you, at least a pulse to tell you there's something more to all this. Challenge it. Challenge reality. Imagine what you become. When you embrace the idea of that sixth sense truly and you start to truly develop it to start interpreting information to add to your consciousness of who you are. Every white cell I ever talked to, the one thing in common we all have is this feeling of incompleteness. The sense of something is, is still empty in me that I need to fill. There's a piece of something. Something is, this is that empty piece. When you feel that, you begin completion. It's like, this is what I've been trying to figure out my whole life. It's not the, the, the fact that it's psychic. It's about being able to finally attain information through that means. That's what starts feeding the soul of like, this is what I've been craving. You know, it's not to say that a blind person is less intelligent than anybody else or a person that's deaf is less intelligent. It's not about intelligence. It's about how their mind is developed and a piece of something that they don't have access to. Right. 
And that, that is the challenge. And this is a struggle. It's a, an adaptation. It's the same thing. This is what most people are trying to do. They're trying to adapt to spirituality and find ways to get answers to stuff, but they're doing it completely wrong. And that's what I call the new age muck, you know, machine. And um, I think that a lot of, there's so many books and, and stuff out there about like, what is my purpose or what, where did I come from and everything. In the handbook of the navigator, you go further into not only where did you come from, but where did God come from? Well, look, I, I think people think that that can't be answered. I think when people hear that, there's almost this knee jerk religious reaction mm -hmm. psychologically, like deep in you, no matter who you are. And I would say this, look, just, just, just consider the possibility that you're capable of understanding something like this. If you read it in your mind, you're, you're, you're sampling, you're, you're testing, you're, you're moving thoughts around. You're like, okay, let me, let me try to work with this. When you have a working construct of God and you go, holy shit, Eureka, this, this, makes a kind of sense. This is, this is actually intelligence, logical. It's, it's, it's scientific. It's brilliant. If I can say that about what I have to say, <laughs> there is a liberation in your consciousness that says I can approach this. Now God remains a mystery to identify. As long as it remains a mystery to identify, we're constantly trying to grasp something that we cannot touch, smell, taste, hear, or relate to. It, it becomes this, this, this thing that, that, that just is, is incomprehensible fully. So by what I have to offer, it's still profound. Let, let me, let's, let's, you know, we have to have that revelation. I mean, it's profound, but you understand in a sense more fully how you're connected to it. Why, how it works, what, why you feel the way you do. It's, it's like this, this thing inside of you goes, now this makes sense. It's to say that, you know, like I believe in the concept of the force. Okay. And when I say the force is everywhere, people say, well, God is everywhere. It begins and ends for them there. Their intellect doesn't know how to incorporate beyond that. Other than it's God's everywhere. Well, what, what is God made out of? How does God think? How does God function? How does God acquire data? How does, how, how, well, we can't know that. Yes, we can. The answers I give answer that question. It tells you and defines what the force is. It builds, it's like taking a step forward when you're trying to focus your eye on a person in front of you to, to figure out what it is that's kind of like in the shadows a little bit. It's not scary. It's not good. It's just something there. When you step forward, it's, it's almost like it, it begins to come into shape and you can begin to, to, to relate. And maybe your fear of what you thought it was or your, your contriveness or whatever begins to dissipate. And you're now like, I, I, I now get it. I can have this better relationship to tap into the force. You must have a level of understanding of how to, to interact with it. You, you can say, I feel the force. Good for you. Can you tell me anything about the force? It's everywhere. It's who we are. I am God. I am the force. Okay. That's great. That's so limited. You can know more. You can wrap your mind around this. Trust me, I'm very good at breaking it down simple, okay? Once you have that and you reflect on that, it changes your consciousness. It changes and evolves you to this higher level that you begin to relate to it. And that's the important part. It's kind of like taking the intellect and kind of 
kind of cross cross having an effect where it's like the sixth sense and the intellect are kind of like matching up and kind of wiring up that connection. Yes, it's it's like when 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 you meditate now, you you kind of know how to direct your mind, what what you're trying to do, what where you're trying to, to communicate with God. How is it going to communicate? You know you have in your mind an understanding of what the force is, what it looks like, how it functions, why it is, where did it come from, why did it become, why was the whole universe created? Give me logical reasons. Don't tell me it was made from fucking clay, okay? Don't don't tell me, you know, it's, it's like, you know, God's got a beard and stuff, okay? I want the highest level of truth, but I want the truth even if it scares me. I want the truth. And, and also, like, uh, on this note, like, a lot of people see Eastern philosophy as kind of like the end-all, be-all. So how, how is this information, this knowledge, different than Eastern philosophy? Well, look, you know, this is a touchy thing because some things become so sacred that you can't, you're not allowed to argue it, you're not allowed to touch it, you're not allowed to to anything unless you have another spiritual view and you bash the other one, okay? I, I, look, I do think that Eastern philosophy is probably the more advanced knowledge on Earth in general, okay? You know, you, you've you got Sufis, you got Vedic teachings. You, I mean, this is the core by which most spiritual knowledge seeded the world. But what happened, in my opinion, is, is people tried to understand and decipher different languages or, you know, Vedic script and, you know, in that process, things are lost and misinterpreted, and in this case, grossly misinterpreted. And I think that a lot of simpler-minded people took these teachings and turned it into rainbow healing and and colors to the to your rainbow chakra point. It, this is like a child trying to understand, you know, Edgar Allan Poe stuff and breaking it down and and it, from a, from a five-year-old or a ten-year-old perspective. Okay. It's sad, but this is why most people can't attain the levels of spirituality. They're like, what am I doing? You're doing it wrong. That's why. If you did it right, you, you literally would have experiences like we teach people have all the time here. If you don't have something happen, something's wrong. You're not doing something right or you're missing something. So it, it's to say that I would say if I... If I look at Eastern philosophy, there's so many schools of teaching. Hathra yoga, Raja yoga, Nana yoga. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Brilliance. But at the same token, I think that even has a level of mucked upness that came 500, 1,000 years prior to that, and it got lost and mucked up. I think the people who did the work were not necessarily writers. I always say, I'm not a writer. You know, I, I'm a better talker than a writer, but I'm better than a writer. I'm a, I'm a teacher. Let me show you how to do it because one experience is a thousand books. Mm -hmm. So. It's, it's like to say, I, I take issue with a lot of things. Let's, let's take the idea of, of reincarnation and, you know, living to work out your karma and, and, you know, you, you come back and you rework it out again and blah, 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 blah. Let me, let, let's look at this. Okay. You've got a human body. Okay. The human body has various things that govern your personality, your emotions, and your reactions. These are biochemicals. And when you see something, you hear something, your brain interacts with it, and you, you're pumped with either adrenaline or different things to make you feel different ways, and that makes you react physically, arr, arr, hey, hey, or ah, you know, whatever. It's chemical driven. The large majority of your emotion is chemically driven. A lot of your decision-making is chemically prompted or pushed. 
when you leave your body, the question is, is what are you? What are you made out of? What, how are you as an intelligent being functioning? It's so human to think that we act like ourselves after death or close to it. That's like, again, saying that God's got a beard. and I mean, think about it. No, it doesn't work that way. When you leave your body, you're an intelligence. It's, it's collectively kind of stagged, static energy of consciousness, of intelligence, that's kind of staying in a collective pool, if you will. And you could say for our sake, oh, it's like this energy glow or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point is, you've just removed yourself as an intelligence from all of the biochemical organic things that manipulate much of your personality. Much of who you think you are isn't really who you are as, an, as, as a consciousness once you've removed yourself from this organic body. You can't feel pain no more. Five senses all drop out, okay? All of these things, but all of the chemical-driven responses and reactions and different stuff to whether you're stressed or not because, you know, you, your, your blood sugar's off or, or whatever it is, isn't there. So what are you? It's like the closest thing I can say is imagine Star Trek and you become Spock. You, you've extracted all, almost all of your flaws in a way, okay? Or the things that contribute to your flaws. You're, 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 to say that you're more at peace is probably the greatest truth. Imagine you don't, you don't have sexual cravings because of, of procreation. You don't, you don't have certain organic drives, you know, or, or, or even envy or it's what's there to envy. There's, there's nothing to own or buy now. Mm -hmm. So the idea that you got to incarnate to get rid of your, your bad habits is, is to me a little bit off. I mean, we can work with it and probably get to a greater truth, which I do talk about. Okay. Which may have, but, but it's nothing like what people are believing, you know, in, in at least Western teachings and a lot of the Eastern teachings have already become watered down from that prime source. Mm -hmm. So it's that kind of stuff that, that concerns me. And, and I want to get back to a simpler truth. I don't want to talk about Eastern or Western or any philosophers. I want to use what I can as, as basic markers to give you that. But at the end result, I'm trying to, what is the fastest route I can give you this experience? And you sit back and you, you, you think about what the fuck just happened to you. You, you, you internalize that. You process that. That is what changes you. It's a huge amount of data. It's a huge amount of information. Just like your five senses taken all the time. It changes how you perceive things. You mature very, very rapidly. I don't know if that's useful or not, or if I'm just on a rant. No, it's good. <laughs> No more caffeine today. <laughs> you see, you also, in the book, like, you gave the analogy of the salmon swimming upstream. Yeah. And when I first read uh, the original Handbook of the Navigator, I was thinking, well, this awakening thing, it, it's, it's not so simple. It's not as easy as others are making it out to be. Mm -hmm. And it, it really is a battle. It's, it's, and, and other people say, like, oh, it's a simple truth, or it's, it, you know, it's, it's, you really made it, you kind of made the point that, like, this is a battle. And yeah. can you speak on that? Well, look, I'll, 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 I mean, the salmon thing is, is anything you give as a example is always flawed. Because it's, nothing can actually show you the real truth of, of experience something until you actually go through it. You can get a better idea, and somebody can try to give you a very good idea, and you're like, that's the best answer I've ever heard, and I can relate to that, and that makes sense. Which is what I presume you're saying. Having said that, is, is to say that we live 
in a reality. I say we have one foot in and one foot out. So it's to say that there is a part of us that understands that there's this other realm of consciousness. And I would say, instead of calling it a spiritual realm or a fairy world or, or goddesses and goddesses or whatever, I would say that whatever's outside of our simulated reality is that realm. Okay, and that's what we're feeling and with a, with a very limited sense of knowledge in a very crude way, primitive way, we try to interpretate those who can feel it try to, to define and, and convey that, but we paint the image just like we try to make God in our own image, okay? And this is where you get all your, your metaphysical stories from and ideas and stuff. It's people not really trying to be cynical. They're, they're trying to define and describe something that, in my opinion, is really beyond their intellect at this point. The other foot that I say is in is, is this reality, the room we're talking in now, the technology we're using, whatever. This is an illusion. This is a simulated reality, in my opinion. And so I say one foot in and one foot out. If you have your foot too much into pushing outside of this one, you're, you're going to have problems and vice versa. You're designed to be here. This is what your whole organic body, if you will, is designed. This is what all of the anchoring points are, are your five senses, but your biochemical emotions. Everything we talked about is designed to work with the energy in your body, your, your, this vessel you're in, and anchor you, lock you in to it. Okay? So, in essence, it's, it's designed to you're here, but you're, you're also trying to escape it. You're trying to be and build a relationship with what you are beyond your organic self. So you're familiar with it. So you get to know yourself again. That's not this convoluted structure, biochemical and organic and liquids and all these things that are, are, are intertwining with you. Okay. Saying they're you, which I always say there's you. And then it's really not you. I teach you guys to, to think the second and third person and you observe yourself. Just like having a temper changer or a fight with somebody, you're already planning on slamming that door. What part of you is aware of you already planning to slam that door? It's like, it's almost funny that you can observe yourself planning this strategy. You're in a machine and that's the machine part going through a routine. So the point to answer your question is, is that you're fighting in an organic body to awaken, to, to understand what it is to be outside of that body while you're in the organic body. This is not a simple thing to do. It's not a simple thing to attain on a day-to-day -day level when you're inside of something demanding you function in this reality. So the challenges of doing that, the challenges of awakening, the challenges of answering the sense that says there's something beyond everything, it's not simple. It's, it's not easy. It's difficult. It's challenging. You've got to acquire the right data to navigate your mind through all the, the treacherous things that, that come your way. And to say that it's simple or made all warm and fuzzy and if you're just happy and whatever, I, I say to you, well, look at the history of these people and see where they go. Why are there almost no enlightened people on earth? All these teachers who claim to be enlightened, I don't see any products coming from them that, that, are, that are truly enlightened. Why? So the challenges of awaking spiritually in an organic or physical world that's designed to keep you, your mind here, it doesn't want you to escape out of it. What would be the whole point of having a simulated reality then? It's very challenging and very difficult, and it's, it's riddled with, with traps and, and such mechanisms to keep your consciousness smacked back down as soon as you start to evolve higher. And you've got to know how to work around those things. Right.
I don't know if that works as good as the salmon one, but I figured if I gave the salmon one, it's like going old school again. <laughs> but it, yeah. it, it still brings truth. Yeah. I'm yeah. just adding a whole new perspective to it. Yeah, it's just, um, it almost can seem discouraging for maybe a newcomer. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I, I think that there are people who are fighters, and there are people who, very politely I'll say, are not fighters. Um, you're either in it to win it or you're not. And if you're in it to win it, you roll up your sleeves and say, Let, let's go. It's, this isn't going to be a one-day thing. It's not going to be a 10-day thing. It could be a 10-year thing. It could be a 20-year thing. It could be a 30-year thing, which is true for, for a lot of devoted spiritual people. They, they're 80 or 90 years old. And they're still working on that awakening. I think that if it was easy, it wouldn't be worth doing and I think that if you really feel it inside of you, this calling, it's really the strongest of us that will, will, will rise to answer that call. And I think other people will tap out at smaller levels and convince themselves they're in a good place. And it is what it is. I'm not here to, to, to talk smack on that or anything. All I'm saying is, is that I'm not here to, to do warm and fuzzy. I'm here to freaking awaken you and show you revelation after revelation after revelation in your your mind until you're at the point where where you just are moving above and beyond it you're experiencing true phenomena phenomena is data data the meaning of life is very simple it's to experience life it's to collect data everything in life learns no matter what it is it's growing it's changing it's adapting it's constantly evolving why it's data. If you run a simulated program, what is the point of running a simulated program? So it could just be a simple picture standing still? No, it's about the evolution and how it's progressing. If it's not progressing, there's no point in doing it. It's learning. Learning is experience. Everything in life, you're constantly growing, I'm constantly growing. Everything is constantly changing and adapting, deteriorating and recreating itself, no matter what it is in this reality. There's a reason behind all that. So if you truly want the answers and you want to awaken, you've got to challenge yourself. If it was easy, you're probably fooling yourself. It's just like with, with, with spiritual knowledge. It's, it's like, you know, sometimes I'll say something and people go, oh, my God, you know, like, like I don't agree. Like, I, I believe not everybody has a soul. I believe that evolution and atheists are right to a certain degree that, that when people die, you become worm food again. You dissolve your body. Now, to a white cell, we can't wrap our head around that because we know intuitively that there's more to life. But that's that energy, that consciousness in your body, you, you train it to, to move outside of the organic body. But if you don't plan on that, if you don't reflect on that, if you don't work on that during your organic life, that's a problem. But... Yeah, I'm just rattling on. I don't want to... No, I mean, so, that's another big one you gave. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, see, a lot of times we talk about, like, awakening or enlightenment as being, like, this destination or this end point, but mm -hmm. it, it doesn't really end. I mean, you keep going, you keep experiencing there, things. So what, absolutely. So yeah. this, is, this is the problem. You know, when people say they're enlightened, there's this part of me that has this knee-jerk reaction. There's another part where people say, well, you're an enlightened master. A, you know this because you guys have been around me for decades now. I, I have this knee-jerk reaction. I hate being called enlightened because to most people, they think, oh, it's this perfect state of mind, and now you're the master, you teach, you understand everything. No. 
No, it's not true. I'm learning little things too. Hey, listen, if, if, if you're an enlightened master, fix my car engine and rebuild it. Okay. If you know everything, if you know everything, rewire the house with the electricity. I'm not going to mess with the, the circuit breaker box. Well, you know all things spiritually. Really? Then, then everything in matter is still spiritual. None of this is real. So I think that enlightenment is just a point by which you really understand the fundamentals of how that everything kind of works. It doesn't mean you understand everything, but it means that you enter a, a higher level of understanding. You've matured. You've got your PhD in, in, in an area, I would say. And so it's a progression of your consciousness expanding with the universe and you're learning as much as it's learning or you're learning micro things in comparison, but, but there's this evolution. So it's, I call it an enlightening process rather than to say you're just enlightened. But if I were to refer to myself as enlightened, it's only to, to work with people that I feel, you know, there's always some people who can think beyond that. But when you're dealing with a group of people, it's easier to, to say where, what is the, the medium level of intellect in the room and what can they relate to at this point? So if you say, yes, I'm enlightened, they're like, ah, oh, they get it. Okay. So I don't know if that helps or not. It does. Yes. Yeah. That was a question I was going to go into was, I guess uh, we say it's controversial, but we don't really get a lot of controversy on it. But you saying something like, not everybody has a soul. Right. It actually seems to resonate with a lot of people more than you would think. Like, uh, it doesn't seem that a lot of people are like... Uh, well, well, this goes back to saying there's a simulated reality 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. When I said not everybody has a soul 30 years ago, I mean... You know, I mean, that's like, oh, Lucifer, you're, you're evil. Oh, how could you say such a thing? Look, I don't say it to be cynical. I, I say it because it's, it's in, in, then I'm arrogant if I say the rest, but I'm, I'm going to throw it in. It's because I, I know this. I, I believe that if you look, let's say you look at the laws of reincarnation, what they believe, and you crunch the numbers without getting into it, the numbers don't make sense. Okay. It doesn't make sense. It, 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 you know, some people say, well, it doesn't have to. And there's other worlds and other lives and we transit. Well, with that kind of, you know, all right, great. What I'm saying is, is that there are people out there who simply don't give a rat's ass about a soul life after death, moving on. They, they don't have that thing we have. It's like this thing we have. We can't shake it. It's like a core of us. They don't have it. They don't have an interest in that. Now, does that mean they're soulless? Well, let me explain this differently. You're an organic creature made basically, when you look at the womb, you're, you're like this microbe, okay, that evolves within a womb and grows and grows and grows, and you become birth, and you, you collect data, you learn through your five senses, you're, you become more sophisticated. At some point, you self-reflect or you don't. You, you, and maybe everybody does, but it's this passing moment that's a decision, whether you're going to go to the right or you're going to go to the left. Are you going to become a red cell or are you going to become a white cell? You look at your hand, your hand opens and closes. You, you look and you say to yourself in the mirror, is this all that I am? Is this what I am? And there's one part of your red cell that goes, yep, that's it. You're this organic fleshy machine made out of neural systems and everything else. And when, when that's that, and you pursue material kind of life, you don't, you don't really ponder the other part. While there's a white cell, they look at their hand and they open, they close it. They see the robotics of it. They look at their body, look at the mirror. And they, 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 that sixth sense, that little sense says, listen, there's something more that, that, that is beyond your five senses. 
trust me. It's like listening to the force saying, just trust there's something more. You're not, you're not skilled enough or powerful enough to really plug in on a bigger level yet, but it'll come. If you find me, if you search me out, you, you will get this information, but you have to grow with it. You have to, you're in a place that's, that's, that's designed not to allow this to happen, but only the strong will, will push to this higher level. And so in essence, what is it that creates a soul? Self-reflection creates a soul. Your energy, your electrons, the electricity in your brain that's generated from being a living organism, okay, begins to 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 discover what I'll call prana, okay, which is let's this we call I call it the energy in the air, just like there's plankton in the ocean, and it's small and it's tiny, and whales will collect mass amounts of it, but it builds this body for them. We eat food to go from this little tiny organism in your stomach that's become who you are now that's from an exchange of, of matter you've digested broke down took energy from and different fuel energies and stuff and assembled and kept building your organic body so you could explore this dimension it fed your neural system your your everything okay but if you see if there's an evolution beyond that or a co-evolution at some point that begins working with that it's when you start to reflect on yourself that that energy starts to build what i call a second body a body that's within you. Some people call it the soul. Some people call it an astrobot. Call it whatever you want. It's another body that's made from from energy that you begin to feed from the prana that's that's intertwined with everything in this this illusion in a way. And when you feed that body, it doesn't eat organic food. It feeds on a spiritual food. I call it the prana in the air. It's an energy, and I teach people to see it. You you guys know you've seen it. And essentially. With self-reflecting, it's like tells these things to build in a certain way, just like your DNA designs your body and your eye color and everything else. You're, you don't, you didn't choose all this. It did it intuitively, but you had to eat. You had to fight to live. You had to have a desire to live. Okay. It's the same thing. And you had to seek out sources of people to nourish you. Okay. It's the same thing spiritually. It's the same thing you build through contemplation. When you think about something in the sense, certain spiritual thoughts attract that prana to you. It moves to you and like, like very gently starts to build over time. So you build a vessel. If you reflect in the vessel, if you meditate on it, it just gets stronger and better. Okay. If you're thinking spiritual stuff, as you're thinking about it, it changes your mood. You're actually building the architecture and design of your, of your, this energy body that houses what? What does it house? It houses your consciousness. It's, it's, it houses and holds together like magnetics, kind of holding a, 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 a force field in a sense. The, your, your data of, of consciousness that you've attained. If you don't have that force field, if you don't have this thing holding that information together, as I say, it's like putting a puff of smoke into the wind. Your consciousness, all your data you collected, dissolves into what I call the Gaia mind, the next level, which is the collective consciousness of the Earth. The planet is a living thing, just like you. All the microorganisms that collect data for you, and there's billions of them, all contribute their experience to you like a pool of water like drops, and it becomes your collective consciousness, who you say, this is who I am. It all shares and exchanges information in your brain, and you, you see it as one consciousness, but you're made out of billions of pieces, all independent at the same time. Alasoni, all is one, but yet it's infinitely many. It's a duality. So when you die, instead of your consciousness not having a mechanism to contain it, which, which I call a soul, if you will, it disperses. And this is where it gets into red cells, or it gets into white cells. And you look for another host body, if you will, to incarnate into, 
okay, and continue your exploration of this reality, this dimension, this simulated whatever. Am I boring you? No. <laughs> it never gets old. It's crazy. It's good to remember the basics. This is the basics, and you guys have been down the road a long time, but you know, it's very important to always go to the foundation of your knowledge and re recheck it, retune up stuff, just like a building. If the foundation's getting a little bit weak, you better you better shore it up, or you know that's called not thinking about it. The, the trick to awakening is to remember and be aware consciously of all the parts that you know that are that are like the scaffolding to reach the sky until you 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 reach non gravity you you reach beyond gravity you begin to to lift on your own accord into space in a way and when you're not paying attention you get so busy on the highest rafters instead of thinking about what's going on down below it's a problem but you want to go fast you just you got your eyes on the prize but you have to that's why I say teaching is so important because it makes you go up and down the scaffolding as you continue to go higher Oh, that's brilliant. You said that when we die, our data just dissipates. At Red Cell, the data would just dissipate. Well, it doesn't so... dissipate. It moves into uh, what I'll call a, a different organism. I think okay. the planet is an organism. Right. I think the whole universe is living, and it's a neurosystem. That's a whole other conversation. Okay. So, but we can access that using our sixth sense. Yes, to a degree, yes. To a degree. Okay. So is that... So if our purpose is to experience, is that why we have to be in a physical body? Because a lot of that data wouldn't make sense if we didn't have our five senses. Well, you, you if you if you lived an organic life, you could relate. Mm -hmm. You you could you can understand it. It's just like when I explain the stuff I'm explaining to you now, it's right. still in your mind, just pieces you're putting together, energy, thoughts, images. But you're building it based on your previous experiences that you've attained through your five senses. That's you're building a working model in your head without actually doing it. But so. So in essence, it's a, it's a yes and no, okay? We come into an organic body for a lot of reasons, but, but putting it on, the, on a simple level, and there's always more than one answer, okay? As energy, you have to ask yourself, why create a simulated reality? There's so many reasons, okay? But let's put it this way. What stimuli, what, what desire of growth do you have is there's there's stuff that you can't even relate to while you're in an organic body. It doesn't it's not something we can even bridge as as an idea because we're so geared into this this mechanism we are this machine that we still crave the same thing: experience, knowledge, growth. It's fundamentally the, the most probably the, the the most fundamental force in the universe. But when you're outside of that and your energy. There's no constructs as we understand in an organic body. There's no matter. There's no building. There's no trees. There's no no interaction like what we're doing now. There's no thing. So a profound level to experience or gather data that never would have occurred to us is to incarnate into different lives, different worlds, different experiences, and shut down whatever we would have known because it, it, it extracts the will to live. It extracts the need to survive. It extracts the, the experiences we could truly reap. And in essence, we use this to experience and to, to learn and to grow. That is the meaning of life is to experience. But when we're outside of it, there, there is no structure as we understand it now. Why do you 
desire to travel the world? Why do you desire to go to new lands? Why do you desire to explore things? Why do you get bored at home and go, oh, I want to go out and do something? It's that innate drive to attain and experience new things. When your energy, and there is no point of reference in the distance when you look. There is no up or down. There's, there's, I've, I've explained to you the planes of light, which are stunningly beautiful, but it's a different kind of beauty on an epic level. But from an organic perspective, you can't really experience that. From an energy perspective, you totally can integrate with it. But even then, you, you desire to experience other things. I don't know if that helps. Well, it does, because we've talked a lot about simulated reality in the past, yeah. and kind of when you really understand that, you have that moment of, well, what's the point? And so this explains at least for me, it helps. Well, I think life is beautiful, is. Yeah. and I, I think it's 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 something that should be savored. And you know, it's it's ironic because we sit there, we go, oh, I'm so bored, really. You know, well, uh, let's go in a moving car, and jump out of it. You'll 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 have your 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 blood pumping. It's really easy to fix. But no, and you know, without being you know any humor in there, but life has purpose. It has meaning. The universe is learning through the function and creation of reality and its demise would prevent its own evolution its own growth its own wake awakening if you look at a child we know in order for that child to truly grow it needs proper experiences it needs proper access to stimuli essentially knowledge data if you were to remove the amount of data that child gets, we all know what kind of happens. That isolation develops into a lack of intellectual growth and integration. And so you have to, to try to understand that the universe on a much bigger level, a much more complex level, in a sense, is growing. And, and we are part of that, that collective that's happening. And within it, there are the dark side, which is corrupting the data and trying to, to stop its, its process, and which I've gone into great length to a certain degree. And there is this, this desire to survive, which, which trickles down to even every living organism. We're not all committing suicide or trying to. We, for the most part, have a desire to continue living, a strong desire. If we didn't have that, there would be no data collection. So it's necessary. So there's this, this struggle of, of, of energies constantly going on, but it's, it's absolutely critical and important. How do you know when you've reached an awakening? I think that, that people often don't know when they have an awakening. I mean, sometimes I don't know when I have an awakening. An awakening, in a very simple way, is an epiphany. It's when you, you hit this level of, of you finally get something. It's like, it's like you've been searching for this, this puzzle piece that a puzzle you're building, and you're looking and looking for this corner piece, or you're looking for something that goes in the middle, and you just can't find it. And all of a sudden, you find one, but now all of a sudden, you find two, three, four, five, and you begin to see how it's unfolding, so you know what you're all of a sudden looking for. It's in that moment of realizing you're starting to see the picture come through, and you, you're, you're starting to focus more on, it say it's a, it's a tree with red leaves, you, you now realize, well, it's not like all the other trees. That's why I was looking all in the wrong places. I, you finally start to get the red color and you, in your mind beginning to understand it. And you're on a mad hunt to get the other pieces. It's recognizing the moment of that elevated thought of realization that that, that is what you're, you're looking for. That is an enlightening moment. That's a moment of, of your consciousness exploding to the next level because it's, it's now learned something fundamentally different than what you expected. 
than what you thought. That's why I keep going back to things. If, if I say or teach something and it doesn't work with you the right way, like everybody has a soul, that's horrible. You, w- without you really considering what I'm saying, you're really preventing your own awakening because you're saying, no, that's not going to be red. I, I, you know, now it's, it's, it's completely wrong. All trees should be green and tans and, and yellows and maybe, but, but not, not that red. It doesn't, you know, so now you've stopped looking and you can't really get that whole big picture that would have changed everything you thought of. It's a, it's a whole new realization. It's a whole new level of comprehension. And it doesn't just end there. It's applicable, just like a computer program you know, written. It's applicable in many other things, big and small. It, it changes how you integrate and understand everything. Every piece of, of spiritual knowledge that you gain is a key that is unlocking reality for your access. And that's how I really look at it. I don't know if that helps or not to answer yeah, your yeah. question. I, 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 are there like smaller like epiphany awakenings and then there's bigger? Of course. They're, there's big know. and there's small and there's uh-huh. massive. There's huge. And, and some will make you go so far that you're, you're, you're going to question whether you, 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 you need to calm it down a bit. And just for the record, you guys are asking questions for people who may not have those questions, okay? I just want to be clear, because people are wondering about what, why would they ask it if they've been learning from me? You know what I'm saying? You, oh. You're asking for, for, right, right, for right, you know, right, it's right, not right. like you're relating your own, but you're, right. you're trying to help people who would be asking these questions who haven't had your experience. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Is this, like, how important is this book to you? Or do you think that this book well, is? Well, every, every, every book I put out is important to me. I think that what's important about this book is is that, you know, when I still meet people, you know, and I, I look at what they understand, I, you know, spiritual circles, the first thing I realize is that they're searching. You know, I, I recently met someone at a, at a coffee shop and we got to talk to this person and they were very excited to talk to me. I gave him a little bit of who I was, we were inquiring back and forth. It was a couple of us there. And, you know, right away he pointed out this, this pyramid he's building outside, you know, this made out of copper. And I looked at, and I was like, all right, you know, and he was talking about doing Tibetan bowls and the things that they talk about spiritually and yada, yada. And he's like, oh, you got to meet my friends. You got to meet these things. And there's, and you guys know this and anybody should know what I'm saying. It's not to be arrogant. Okay. It's to say that you, you meet people, you know, in life and there's a level that your intellect is on and the things you've experienced. And that part of that's maturity and age. And you look at what they're at and you're like, oh, I've been there. I've done that. I, I know totally what this person's feeling, but that was like two decades ago for me. I'm, I've, I've found all the answers they're looking for. So I'm thinking when this person's talking like, ah, oh, do I really want to talk about these simple things all over again for the umpteenth million time? You know, I want that person to, to grow. I want to give them the answers because I was that person. I wish someone would hand me the handbook of the navigator when I was 20 years old or whatever age I was when I began my search. It would have revolutionized my whole journey, my, my whole spiritual growth, my whole spiritual awakening on a profound level. It's like, it's like getting 20, 30 years of searching all compounded into to one book that just ex- and people say, well, how can one book give you thirty years? This is where we got to start talking and explaining to them. There's so many things we 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 that go unsaid that, that I wish we would say. 
is we say that there, there's a, a mandala. And a mandala is something that expands outward off of one design and it keeps curtailing into more based on that. Okay, it unfurls. Or it's to say that you, you get a very compact sponge that they make into these toys that are really, really, really tiny. And you drop them in water and the water expands and really big. Everything I teach, everything that I've said in this recording is a mandala. It, it, as soon as you ponder it, your mind, like a computer program, takes this data that's put into it and like a computer makes it into this holographic world that you can explore, a video game, call it whatever you want, knowledge. And so it's, it's, you take this one book, I promise you, okay, it's going to unfold and expand. There, there is obviously knowledge that each person is going to have. It depends where they are, okay? But I can assure you, if you're truthful, you're going to find stuff that's going to be like, wow, this is this is a huge piece that I've been looking for. But I think for the people that we're looking for who who really have looked at all this stuff and say, no, this is this is not right for me. This isn't it, this isn't it, this isn't it. That's that navigator in your chest, it's that knowing, that nagging sense of that tells you it's pushing you in a direction to find it, God, the universe. When you read the handbook, the navigator, it's an explosive amount of revelation that's come from it. It hopefully is a, a page turner. Hopefully you're just, you know, reading it and you're just, you're just, your mind is, is having this enlightening moment over and over each page. It becomes an ecstatic state of consciousness. I believe that's what the handbook of the navigator delivers. And it's up to that person if, if they feel the sense like, okay, let me, let me give this a or if they flip through it, if they're going to flip through it, you don't you don't get the same thing. You 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 have to lay that foundation correctly. If you begin from the first page and you just read through, it's only going to take a few pages for you to start to really want to get cranking on it. That is the true correct enfoldment of building a solid foundation to reach the universe. You can order Handbook of the Navigator version 2.0 by visiting handbookofthenavigator.com. Handbook of the Navigator is a manual to attain enlightenment through the necessary development of the organic sixth sense. It introduces breakthrough and revolutionary new concepts that go beyond traditional New Age ideologies, bringing Eastern philosophy into the technical age of today. Get your copy now by going to handbookofthenavigator.com. A lot of people ask us, where is the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the Foundation Meditation System. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation Meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders.
Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. Follow us on Instagram at Higher Balance Institute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review so you can help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you'd like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy. More than just a thought but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions, more than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind to a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio.